Welcome to the Trust Your Gut Podcast. I'm your host, Demi Fair. Here we dive into the world of the mind-body connection, exploring the gut-brain axis, microbiome, and nervous system while harnessing the power of intuition and connection to spirit. If you struggle with chronic digestive and mental stress and are tired of trying just one more diet or supplement to address your symptoms, then this is the place for you. Join me as we learn from the world of science and medicine, but also from nature, our own inner knowing, and personal stories. Thank you for tuning in, and now it's time to trust your gut. Hello and welcome back to the Trust Your Gut podcast, the last episode of the year 2022. And I was just realizing that I released the first episode of this podcast in December of last year. So it marks one year of the Trust Your Gut podcast, which is pretty wild to recognize. And I'm just so grateful for all of you that have tuned in to the podcast over the last year. Thank you so much for listening, downloading, sharing, for sharing with me uh, what the podcast has meant to you, how it's helped you, what you've resonated with. It means so, so much to me. Um, I just really feel like I'm doing the work I'm meant to do in the world, and I really want to support the world and humans in healing and offer this information to do that. So thank you so much for being here. And by listening to the podcast, you also support my small business. So thank you. I hope that you have a beautiful winding down to your year, however that looks for you. And if you celebrate any sort of holiday this time of year, I hope that it's been a really relaxing, nourishing time. And if not, I hope it's provided you with something necessary to continue growing. I know this time can be really hard for a lot of people, and it honestly can be really hard for me. A lot of stuff can come up this time of year. Lost loved ones, just a lot with my childhood comes up this time of year, being that Christmas specifically was such a childhood magical time with a lot of traditions and rituals and family time infused that looks completely different now and you know as I've been on my healing journey especially over the last couple years and I've looked a lot at my childhood and my relationship to my family and just family dynamics and intergenerational trauma it can be a really, really hard time of year and a lot of things can arise. So um, if that's something you're dealing with, you know, or just what comes up for you around family and, and the triggers, it can be really hard to spend time with family members, especially if we've been on a healing journey, we may not be able to relate to them in the ways that we used to in the past. It may bring up a lot of triggers for us. Um, there can be a lot of loneliness and, you know, recognition of loss of those loved ones who have passed on or maybe things we don't have anymore. And there's a lot of just stress around this time. So if that's you, I just want to 
honor that um, with just a lot of love because it can be a really, really tough time. And that's, you know, not really the mainstream view on the holidays. And I hope that you were able to find ease through that and find, you know, maybe boundaries you didn't have before or ways to take care of yourself you didn't have before or new insights. Um, And that's what I mean by finding growth through it. Even if it feels really, really tiny, that's a big sign that you are healing. So I wanted to do an episode today on a topic that is really near and dear to my heart and I would say is the real core foundation of the work that I do here with uh, the podcast and with Trust Your Gut in general. And that is the human nature relationship and particularly the connection between our bodies and the earth. Uh, I shared a little bit about this in the very first episode, but a big part of my studies at university was studying the human nature relationship. And this is where I first got interested in somatics because there were somatic classes at my university. And I started to uncover learning about the body and our connection to body and the mind-body connection At the same time, I was exploring the human nature relationship through human ecology and traditional ecological knowledge and how we can live more sustainably and kind of gotten deep into the philosophy of what is the human nature relationship and how has it changed so much and how is that detrimental to our health and our lifestyle and how do we treat our body? And how does that reflect the way that we treat the earth? And this is such an important piece when we're looking at our own healing. And I initially went into this world of, you know, environmental studies because I saw that there was an issue with global warming and I felt that it was really important to first learn how to live more sustainably myself. And then I just was like, how, like, you know, I was 19 at this time and I was like, how can I make a difference here? And so I wanted to, you know, do education and educate people and and the youth on the environment so that, you know, we would take care of it. And as I started to get into that realm, what I started to uncover was that it was more about the humans that needed the healing and that we had become disconnected from our bodies and from the animal part of ourself. And therefore, we were becoming more disconnected from nature and from the earth. And that's why we were able to treat the earth the way that we have been. And so it became clear to me that the way to help heal the earth was by helping people heal their bodies and heal their relationship to self and to body. And that's what ended up getting me onto this path that I am now. 
because we have heard that in general, the, the earth can be very resilient and it has gone through a lot of different phases, ice ages and other times of warming and extinctions, and it continues on. But what we've come to understand when we face climate change is that it's really a threat of human extinction. Um, but no doubt us humans here on the planet are creating a lot of distress and destruction to this earth. And it's a really hard thing to grasp sometime because we are doing that to ourselves because we are earth. So that's what I want to get into a little bit today. And it's going to be just more of a exploration of that. So I hope you enjoy that and see how valuable it is to learn how to connect to our bodies and that more animal side of ourselves, which is our intuition and our instinctual self and, and our nervous system responses, right? The way that we're constantly scanning our environment for danger or safety by tuning into those things and also by tuning into the earth and into nature, how important that is in our healing process. Something I believe I also shared in the first episode of this podcast was how essential developing a relationship with nature was for my healing, especially when I started to get more into hiking and backpacking and spending longer chunks of time out in the mountains and in nature, how essential that was and has been to feel most connected to myself to learn how to love my body after so many years of hating it, of starving it, of over-exercising it. You know, that was a big factor in what helped me heal my body image issues and learn how to love myself better and feel more deeply connected to something greater than me. I, I didn't grow up with any religion, and I would say I'm a spiritual person, but for me, I really feel connection to spirituality through nature. So it helps me connect to something greater than myself, connect to myself, my authentic self, my truth, my body. And I think it's such an easily overlooked part of the healing journey. So that's what I'd like to explore a little bit today. So Homo sapiens have lived on the earth for 300,000 years. And the majority of the time that we've lived on the planet, we've had a very close relationship to the land and to other animals. And it's really only more recently in our lifespan on earth that we've sort of lost that close relationship to nature and it almost seems like we've forgotten where we've come from. And this is particularly about modern Western society. Of course, there are cultures, particularly indigenous cultures in the world that have not forgotten this. It was and is very ingrained 
within their culture and community and the way that they live their life. So I'm speaking mostly to modern westernized society because I do live in the United States. This is the society I live within. And this has really come about through urbanization, through agriculture, through industrialization. We begin to remove ourselves from natural lands and then in turn have caused damage to our lands, to our environment, our ecosystems, and the fellow species who inhabit it. And it seems like this disconnection is caused from a belief that humans are the superior species, that we can control nature, that we can do whatever we want to the land, that we can control their animals, purely to progress our evolution and get what we want. So there's this curiosity of how did this separation occur and how does it tend to increase in our modern times. And I believe that in some ways we have just continued to progress so rapidly and evolve so rapidly as a species that there's this desire to continue to dominate and we've kind of lost the sense of the world that we came from, from that deep relationship that we came from. So all humans are born into a culture that determines their language, traditions, and influences their beliefs as they grow up. And as I mentioned, some cultures do focus on a deep relationship with the earth and community and other animals, and other cultures focus more on modernization, technology, medicine, success. And when we have more of an emphasis on those more fabricated parts of our species, it can lead to this disconnection between humans, nature, and the natural body. From promoting an ideal body image to the denigration of animalistic behaviors, culture has caused us to view our bodies in an unnatural way. And the way we are treating our bodies reflects the way that we are treating the earth. So let me dive into that a little bit. Now, in Western society, there is an ideal image of the body. The desire to have the perfect body, thin, youthful, muscular. It creates these unrealistic and unnatural views of how we should look. And in truth, we know that few people actually resemble this cultural ideal. And this creates widespread suffering that does this insane amount of damage to individual people. I have been there, and I'm sure many of you can relate. But also immense damage to society as a whole. If any of you have watched maybe like uh, The Social Dilemma on Netflix or have just looked at statistics of uh, suicide rates in young girls or um, eating disorder rates, you'll see what I mean. And in general, the, the damage is shown by this increasing number of body image issues in young people today. While striving for these flawless bodies, a person can take years, years to become comfortable in their own skin. And 
use this time feeling like they need to invest in certain clothing, cosmetics, or products to make up for what they believe to lack. We're not really set up in learning how to develop self-love and learn how to love our body and appreciate it for the beautiful things that our bodies provide. We're really just bombarded with these images of what we're supposed to look like and then sold all these different products that we believe and are marketed to that we need to have self-love or to feel beautiful. And this is just one example of a corrupt image of our bodies that causes us to look at them in a detrimental way and therefore begin to aid to disconnection. You know, we start to hate our body. It's too fat. I don't like my nose. You know, and it's normal for us to feel insecurities about certain parts of our body or to not like how something looks or feels, but it really becomes perpetuated when we have this culture telling us that we aren't thin enough or we aren't pretty or we don't have that butt or we don't have those abs or we don't look this way or our skin isn't soft enough or white enough or tan enough or whatever it may be or we're not blonde enough or our hair isn't curly enough or whatever, right? And so we start to hate those parts of ourselves. We start to hate our body and want to be disconnected from it. Um, There's another side of culture's effect on the body is a more sedentary lifestyle. You know, as we've industrialized and urbanized, we are using less and less of our bodies. In our primal history, our daily tasks required us to run, hunt, build shelter, gather food. So it was a lot of frequent movement throughout the day and being in movement outside often and in community and it's more recently in our history that we've found little use for our bodies we can look at the amount of jobs that require people to sit at a desk all day or on their computer and look at a screen all day right you know there's no need to hunt or gather food we can buy it from the store have instacart deliver it to us so we can keep sitting on our computer at our desk um our shelter is built and paid for by all those hours we spend sitting at our desk. (laughs) I laugh because I'm sitting at my desk right now. (laughs) Um, I really love a quote from Wendell Berry that says, we use our bodies only as shipping cartons to transport our brains and few employable muscles back and forth to work. I feel like it's a really good example of the modern working world. And, you know, with transportation and jobs that require sitting for hours, our bodies aren't exercised in the way that they desire to be. You know, if we sit all day and then we go do a really hard hit workout, that's actually being shown to not be as good for your health as if you were to do more gentle, moderate movement throughout the entire day. And this isn't to make you feel bad if you have a job where you need to commute a lot or sit at a desk or at a computer. I mean, that's my job. I spend a lot of time sitting on the computer. I simply just try to get up and move as much as possible or stand at a desk, um, take a lot of breaks, get outside for breaks. You know, it doesn't have to be complicated. We just are trying to break up that long amount of sitting. 
Now, of course, the media (laughs) is a huge culprit in the negative view towards our bodies. As I mentioned, just the societal view of the ideal body and then the way that advertisements, commercials, and marketing are used to kind of brainwash us into thinking we need certain products to achieve either the ideal body look or even the optimal health. Like when it comes to supplements in the supplement industry um, and body products, um, we feel like we need those things to be happy with ourselves, that that might be the missing piece to like feeling better, fixing my gut or fixing my skin. And this is something that I talk about a lot because I've been there and I know a lot of you have been there if you've struggled with chronic symptoms for a long time. Sometimes it's like, maybe this product is the answer. Maybe this supplement is the answer. But I encourage you to first look at what kind of food or natural elements found in the earth might be supportive because if there's certain foundations that aren't being met like how's your sleep how's your connection with other people and yourself how's your time outside are you eating enough are you eating whole foods you know there sometimes we get like so beyond the basics trying to get all into this biohacking and thinking like this next upcoming product might be the answer and we're not sleeping well or we're having a really strained relationship or we spend all time all of our time indoors we don't drink any water you know don't overlook the basics of health and what we can get from just kind of tuning into the body and being in tune to the earth and the cycles of the earth whether we're tuning into you know, when the sun rises and falls and kind of using that to signal our time of sleep and our time of being active or we're doing that with the seasons, you know, and using maybe winter as a time to take a little more rest. So just being aware of how a lot of marketing and companies are utilizing tactics to get you to feel like you're not good enough that you need to buy these products to feel good enough and make sure that our foundations and what we can naturally find in nature and within within ourselves is in place another interesting thing is how we look at our body through our language the english language um and also through morals. So the body is typically looked upon as animal. It might be full of uncontrollable urges. It might be filthy. You know, it's mortal. It's gonna die one day. And our natural body functions like menstruation, defecating, burping, farting, and sometimes even our sexual relationships are seen as dirty and as shameful. Terms between body and sex are used as being dirty. I'm feeling dirty. I'm feeling naughty. And there's this direct relation between the desire to control 
the seductive, the sensual, the erotic part of the body that is directly related to the desire to control nature. We can hear that in terms in our language, such as penetrating the virgin forest or raping the land. These metaphors represent the power of sexual desire and the control of women and nature. And when we control our urges, our bodily functions, and our sexuality, it's really the same as feeling the need to control the land. We do so in in this discomfort and fear of losing power over ourselves and the world around us. And this might be a little like, whoa, okay, she's getting out there. But we can see this if we look at religious practices. You know, like there's this idea that we have a body and we have our spirit. And spirit is superior to the body. You know, many religious religions like denigrate the body and praise the soul, which is considered the true part of the human being. So body is that lower mortal animal part where the soul is the noble celestial part. The body is often seen as having those uncontrollable urges or, you know, the sexual desires and it's sinful. It needs to be cleansed. So it's very ingrained in our culture that we may not really even see that. And a lot of these beliefs, you know, portray the body as nothing more than a container for the soul. You know, the soul is optimal. It's just here for however long we're on the earth. The body is just carrying the soul. You know, something to hold the soul until death where then the soul will continue to its true purpose to heaven. But when we separate body from soul, we again detach from earth. And we need that belief of heaven or the afterlife to feel, you know, settled in in connection or, or in our purpose of why we're here and i'm not knocking down any religion i'm very in support of whatever people's religious spiritual beliefs are this can be not even in a religion but you can just be a really spiritual person who you know really values your spiritual practice and in a way like Some people are in complete dissociation because they're so in the spiritual realm, they're not connected to their body. And when we're disconnected from our body, in ways we're disconnected from the earth. And instead, what I like to do is focus on the interconnectedness of all. Because, you know, if we are a spiritual person, then we can understand that we're all connected to each other as humans, but we're also all connected to other animals and to this earth and whatever else that we believe in. And so we just have to be careful to not look at at the body where I think in more older traditional ways of, you know, teaching religion, 
like some of those natural instincts and impulses and, and parts of our body were looked at as a negative thing. But instead, can we bring them all together, right? It's the same thing as the mind-body connection. The mind is looked at as superior. Our society is set up to support the mind, right? Like you go to college, you practice your mind, you sit all day in a freaking desk from the time you're in kindergarten to the time you graduate university. You're just sitting and using your mind and learning and learning and taking Scantron tests and who makes the most money? People who work in tech, people who are engineers, I guess doctors and people in healthcare do start to use their bodies, but it's so much focus on what's your IQ? (laughs) How smart are you? How well can you just like, you know, use your mind and like push through any discomfort and kind of push your body, even in athletics, like pushing through when your body is starting to fatigue and say no, like the mind is seen as superior. But if you've been with me for a while, you know that the mind and body are absolutely interconnected and that in fact, majority of the information comes from our body to our brain, 80%, and only 20% of information comes from the brain to the body, meaning that our brain is so dependent on our body for information and our body is the one that is scanning our environment and picking up information all the time that is informing our brain on how to act and what to do. Our body is what is tuned into the earth and our environment, and it's where our intuition is held, and it's where a lot of memories are stored, right? The body keeps the score. When we go through chronic and traumatic stress, that's held in our body, and our body remembers even if our mind doesn't. So this is another way that we separate and we make the mind more superior. And, you know, a lot of us have really overactive, busy minds, a lot of obsessive thinking because we can just get so overheated. It feels like it's like getting overheated in the brain and we're just not connecting into our body. And this is where the mind, the body and the spirit all come together. You know, the mind is not above the body. The spirit is not above the body. And I mean, that's okay if you feel that because there's, you know, that can feel so true to a lot of people. And I don't know what happens after death, but if our spirit does carry on, maybe that is superior in a way. But while we're here now in our bodily self, there's so much value to being in our body. That's our senses. It's how we experience the world that has so much value and so much wisdom. And I think it's well worth our interest to be able to really be engaged with all of them being interconnected. All right. The last kind of part I want to point out is one way that we do tend to try to take control of the natural world is with technology. And I think most of us can agree that technology has made some incredible advancements and opportunities for the human species. And it is an absolutely, I mean, hello, I'm here right now via technology. My business would not be possible without technology. But I think we can also agree that there's some disadvantages. I mean, how many of us are addicted to our smartphones? You know, how often do you look at your smartphone? How often are you going on social media? You know, how have you felt that 
affect your mental health, right? Now, one example is birth and death, two of the, like, the most important events we'll go through in our life, how we enter this world and how we exit it, has become extremely dominated by technology and medicine. You know, the birthing process is hardly very natural these days unless you do a natural birth at home. And um, it kind of shows this, like, this deep belief and need of control over natural processes and like the untrustworthiness of nature. Like we need this birthing process to happen in this really sterile environment where everything is controlled. And, you know, there's machines there and this institution and it's science and technology. And again, none of this is bad. None of this is bad. Science, technology, medicine, all has a really beautiful, really important place in our world. I'm just giving examples. But, you know, within the birthing process and the dying process, this was something that was, I mean, it's a very natural process. And these days, there's a lot of, you know, patterned, repetitive, control of these natural processes as if like doing it naturally isn't trustworthy or isn't safe and I think that's changing I think a lot more people are choosing to have more natural births or at-home births um, which is great Um, and some people it's really necessary that they have the hospital and that they have technology and medicine because sometimes there's emergencies. We can also just look at general, in general at medicine and technology and uh, a lot of the ways that Western medicine tries to treat our bodies. You know, instead of finding the true root cause of the illness, we just tend to be prescribed a lot of medications that will just help our symptoms and help us feel better, kind of cover up the symptoms. And this is um, the same idea that is applied to environmental issues that we face. Rather than starting from the root of the problem and reinventing the wheel and making a true change, we just attempt to invent a solution that will allow business to go on as usual but just kind of fix the symptoms a little bit so to wrap up and summarize all the different ideas i just explored i want to acknowledge that we are animals we are bodies and our bodies are the way that we interact with the world they are our vehicles of experience We cannot exist without a body, right? Our bodies have evolved over billions of years with the earth as intricate, interconnected entities. Therefore, the attitudes we have towards our bodies have everything to do with the health of the earth. In Western culture, nature is often viewed as a thing, something with utilitarian value. We look upon nature as something to benefit us, something we can control, conquer, shape, 
sell, and buy. And we look upon our bodies in the same way. Our bodies are an object, a container to get us from point A to B, a machine to be repaired, something to control, conquer, and shape. Mind is seen as superior to body. This creates a split between body and mind, much like the split we create between human and nature. Barnaby Barrett states this beautifully. Rendering our own body as other makes possible a mindset that treats the earth and all its inhabitants as other than ourselves. So when we view the body as other, we feel disconnected from ourselves, the earth, and other beings. And this results in a lack of embodiment and of self-knowledge. There is a huge amount of fear, stress, anxiety, and numerous ailments that emerge from this place. When we are in these states of fear or anxiety, either caused by our lifestyles, the disconnection we feel, or even the doom of environmental degradation, our actions are most likely to revert to what is habitual. So what if we looked at nature and our bodies with intrinsic value? If we looked at both with respect as living things that are not just objects, they have value and something to teach us if we listen. When we do, we often find awe and astonishment and connection to the great web of life. We can understand that we are not separate from the world, but rather a part of a huge interconnected system. With this view, we can experience the world in relation to it rather than isolated from it. We see the air, water, soil, plants, animals, and our bodies as all related. So our responsibility is to listen to the intelligence of our bodies. By listening and becoming aware of our bodies and the places we live, we then deepen our engagement in the universe we inhabit.
the health of the lands and waters of the culture and the community is not separate from the health of individuals. The connection between our body and the land is essential for our health. Now you might be thinking, okay, that's great. Well, how do I do that? <laughs> um, one of the ways is to be out in nature, however you can, as often as you can. If it's for two minutes, 20 minutes, two hours, two days, two weeks, two months, whatever it may be, being able to go outside in whatever way you have. If you live in a city, maybe there's a little green space, a little park. Maybe you can walk through the forest. You can go down to the beach. You have some flowers outside of your window. You can bring plants and flowers inside. You get out into the sun. And doing it without your phone, you know, being on your phone, really bringing intentional time to connecting to nature. That's the first step. One way we can do that and expand that a little bit is to go outside and really connect to our senses. One of my favorite ways to do that is to go into a space outdoors. And if all you have is indoors, that's fine too. This is still a great practice for connecting to the body. And looking for five different things that you can see, five different things that you can hear, five different things you can smell. Maybe if you can taste five different things and that's safe to do, that's an option. And then five different things that you can touch, really feeling the different textures of everything. When we engage our senses, we're engaging with our body. Uh, any practices that we do that are somatic-based, uh, so a lot of the work that I do with people and a lot of the resources and practices I have in the gut brain healing toolkit are all ways to tune into the body and increase our ability to listen. This is learning how to listen to how our body feels, what it's saying, what it's needing. This is learning how to listen to our intuition. And this is learning the language of our body via the nervous system. So as we start to understand our own nervous system responses and what they feel like, we can really start to hear what our body is telling us. That's why I love nervous system work and becoming aware of our own nervous system responses. Um... Getting our hands, our feet in the soil, whether we're able to garden or walk barefoot on the sand or put our feet in water or our whole body in water, um, touching different plants, really having physical connection can be really, really beneficial. Watching sunsets or sunrises, maybe even finding a ritual with that. Um really like just observing other animals or even plants. Maybe you have a plant in your garden that you watch grow over a bit of time or you have birds outside your window or even you have a pet that you connect with or that you can observe will be a really great way. Maybe you like to grow your own food or you might learn how to forage in the forest. That can also be a great way. Another way is to connect with our inner child. As children, we are so in tune with nature and play and that part of ourselves that we kind of lose through 
our own growth um, throughout our life and getting more involved in society. And as children, there was such this like enchantment with the natural world and delight with the natural world. And, you know, we're kind of connected to our sensual side. And I don't mean sensual as like a sexual thing, but with our senses, like the things we were seeing and touching and smelling and maybe even tasting, maybe like things our parent was like, oh, don't eat that, you know? Uh, So getting in touch with that sense of yourself. And that might look like playing on a playground or going for a walk or making a sandcastle at the beach or doing chalk on the pavement outside or creating art with nature or climbing a tree like what was it that you loved doing as a child I know for me I would go play outside a ton of imaginary games and you you just would see the natural world and the imagination would come in and although I may not have access to that same amount now can I like kind of remember that curiosity and bring that to the place I'm at you know sometimes I'm out like hiking through the woods and I notice I'm so in my head and my thoughts just thinking 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 about all this stuff so when we can just bring our attention to what's actually around us I'm walking through the forest and like oh that mushroom looks really cool and that moss oh look at that bird you know and being able to bring that sense of curiosity but connecting with that inner child inside of us and how did they like to play with the natural world and what excited them That might be one of the best ways to reconnect. Well, I hope that this was a valuable episode for you that maybe brought you some new ideas um, and some insight onto something that might be really important for you in your healing journey and just being a human here on this planet. I am so grateful for you all being here and tuning in. I'm excited for another year of podcasting and I just want to make two announcements. My signature group program is going to be opening very soon. I was planning to open it sometime in January and I think I'm still on track for that. The latest it will be is February And it's going to be a program that you'll have lifetime access to. If you enjoyed what we talked about in this episode or any other episode of the podcast, then you're going to love this program. And I've talked a bit about it in other episodes. I think I'm going to be just creating an episode that goes more in detail on it as I get closer to opening it. But go down into the show notes and there's a link to go check out the page that has all the information about this program. Uh, It is, oh geez, I'm like, I think it's six modules. (laughs) It is six modules and we go over everything, gut-brain connection, how to increase our vagus nerve, all about the digestive process, fine-tuning our nutrition for our gut health. Uh, everything nervous system and learning about our nervous system and how to support us to be in regulation and working with our chronic stress and trauma, working with our inner child, learning how to connect to our intuition. And it is chocked full of all the somatic tools and resources I know, everything I know about how to support the gut and the health of our body 
from a very holistic view and it will have eight live calls all together as a community. You'll get a stool test with it and a one-on-one with me to go over your results and just kind of your health history and get you set up. There's an option to upgrade for four one-on-ones with me if you want a little more extra support and a lot more good stuff, a community to have accountability and just connect with people who are going through the same thing as you and find support as community healing is something that we always did in our more ancestral times and is extremely important for healing, especially of trauma. We need co-regulation as one of our pathways and self-regulation is the other and the program gives you both co-regulation and community and all the tools for your own self-regulation as well as troubleshooting what's going on in your gut and being able to heal that and you have access for life. Oh, and we do a whole module all about the microbiome, of course, which that science is always changing and upgrading. So the best thing about having this for life is that you will always be up to date with the latest science and information so that you can keep your microbiome happy and healthy. And talking about microbiome and we look at the earth, our microbiome is our own little ecosystem. Just like any other ecosystem in the planet, it is full of biodiversity of a bunch of different species known as our gut bacteria. And things can come in and be like environmental destruction to our own little ecosystem inside, much like it might happen for any other ecosystem on the planet. And what's really interesting to realize is our biodiversity on this planet has reduced tremendously. There is some statistic that I cannot pull off the top of my head. I apologize for that. But it directly relates to what they have found in the reduction of the biodiversity in our gut. So if we want to talk about how interconnected our bodies and the earth are, I mean, that's a really amazing example. So anyways, go check out that link. Get on the wait list if you want to get 50% off of the full price and be first to be offered a spot as I'm going to keep the first group small. And if you have not, you can go ahead and take my free quiz. The link is also in the show notes, which will tell you what your dominant nervous system state is the state that you tend to spend most of your time in and how that's impacting your physical, mental, emotional, and digestive health. And then I give you tools to utilize right away and every day to help you feel better and support the health of your gut and your brain. Thank you again for being here. I hope you have a regulated and resilient day. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe, leave a rating or review, and share it. That helps it reach others who will benefit from this information. So much gratitude for you. Have a beautiful day.